you get up 50 minutes early and you go down to your kitchen table and you work on your number one priority six days a week before anybody else gets up, that's 72 hours in a year of clear thinking on your number one priority. And if it, that is getting out of debt, you're going to get out of debt faster than if you tried to find time later on in the day to do your budgeting. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 83 of the Neuro Experience Podcast. I'm Louisa Nicola and I am your host. Today, we have Craig Ballantyne, the world's most productive man on the podcast to share his insights on productivity, entrepreneurship, and fitness. So neuro athletes, I'm so excited to have Craig in here. Craig's output is legendary, both as a writer and video producer. He's written five books, including The Perfect Day Formula, How to Own the Day and Control Your Life, which has sold over 25,000 copies, and his videos have been watched over 7 million times on YouTube. He's also the owner of five businesses, including Early to Rise Publishing. In his book, Craig gives you the five pillars of success that he teaches his clients to build wealth, writing best-selling books, improving their health, and how to spend more time with their families and travel the world. Craig's life story is a perfect example of how the perfect day formula works. Once a victim of crippling anxiety, Craig used his five pillars of success to create clearly defined goals and action plans, leading him to overcome his obstacles and build multiple seven-figure businesses. I'm so excited to rip into this. And guys, just um, another heads up, if you could please head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review and a star rating, it would mean the absolute world to me. It will take you no longer than 30 seconds. Let's get into it. If I'm, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, you have been dubbed the world's most productive man. Sure. Some of my friends call me that, yeah. (laughs) So before we get into that, because I know you've got so much to tell us, I want to ask you one question, and that is, how do you start your morning? I get up and I start working. (laughs) You've got no morning routines. You've got... What what, what do you mean? That is a morning routine. Start working. I love that. you know, most of the time when I hear the most productive men in the world, they get up, they meditate, they do some breathing exercises, they have a bulletproof coffee. But I, I breathe. I definitely breathe when I get up. <laughs> well, that's a really good thing. So um, for the people that don't know you and, you know, may not have read or heard of your books, tell us a bit about yourself. Yeah, so I started off in the fitness world, and I started writing for Men's Health Magazine. I started selling my own fitness programs on the internet, very much like the P90X programs that you may have seen on television. Did my own thing for many, many years, and then I moved into helping other entrepreneurs, especially in the fitness space, to start their own businesses. And that's where people are like, oh my goodness, you get so much done. You write these emails, you write all these articles, you've written a book. How do you do it? And so... I put that into my next book, which was The Perfect Day Formula, which showed how to get more done. And then uh, I recently wrote a book called Unstoppable, which uh, was a Wall Street Journal bestseller. And that one's on overcoming entrepreneurial anxiety. 
entrepreneurial anxiety. I hear a lot about that. I'm a big, um, uh, I'm a big fan of Gary Vaynerchuk, and he take, you know, he talks a lot about this, about what you don't see, and he talks a lot about um, anxiety, depression amongst, um, you know, up and coming entrepreneurs, and also, you know, entrepreneurs who, who have been doing this for quite some time. So, when you were writing your book and researching, what did you find? Well, you know, it's really the experience that I've had with so many entrepreneurs that have heard about my anxiety stuff, you know, because I had anxiety that sent me to the emergency room a couple times. And I would get these messages from entrepreneurs in the middle of the night about them going to the hospital, about them going and waking up with like feeling like crushing pain in their chest. And what we find is that there's just a massive number of people in general that deal with anxiety. But when you're an entrepreneur, you have the responsibilities of other people even more so. You know, you have team members, you have customers, you have more people that you have to answer to. And that just leads to a lot of people uh, working too much, suffering in silence, putting all the work on their back and not asking for help. And that's why we end up in so much trouble. So it's, it's an outgrowth of the same anxiety that you know, some, you know, like the, somebody who's got parents that are aging and has children has to deal with because they have people depending on them and they don't know who to turn to. And so what do you think is the biggest challenge or setback that, <clears throat> that leads to this sort of anxiety? Do you think it's a lack of preparation? No, I don't think it is something that someone can be, you know, it's not something that is somebody's fault. It's really... Okay, you know, we all, we're all busy. First of all, everybody's busy. Now you throw in the social media stuff and comparison syndrome, which is, you know, new in the last 10 to 20 years. So you have that. Then you have this, oh, I shouldn't tell anybody what's going on because I don't want them to think poorly of me because we're worried about what other people think. And that adds to it. And then there's, uh, you know, oh my goodness, caffeine is in so many drinks these days and people don't know how much caffeine they're taking. So like a monster energy drink has 150 milligrams of caffeine. A Coca-Cola has 50 milligrams of caffeine. A Starbucks uh, venti, like the large Starbucks can have 200 milligrams plus. And research shows that if you have more than 200 milligrams of caffeine in a day, you have a 30% increase of anxiety and or depression. So most people are getting well over 200 milligrams of caffeine without even knowing about it. Not to mention, you know, there's other stimulants that they can be taking in. And there's just so much stimulus from our electronics. We don't sleep well. And all of these things compound into, you know, our nervous systems, our sympathetic nervous system, the fight or flight nervous system the one that gets you aroused for you know when you're you know worried about your kid crossing the street and you, you see a car coming down and you race and get them now imagine your nervous system like that nearly 24 hours per day and that leads to the chronic anxiety so we have to calm ourselves down through good stuff like meditation and, and gratitude journaling and journaling in general and all that stuff but uh, most people aren't taking the time to do it or do it properly yeah, I find that as well. A lot of the, um, 
a lot of the clients we bring on board, we get them to do a morning ritual and a morning routine. And, you know, a lot of people just struggle with that because they're just not used to it. Um, so I was dying to ask you how you started this because obviously you said you, you know, you came from a fitness background, you went to hospital because of anxiety. How did you start getting on this productivity bandwagon? What were the, what were the things that you started to change? Um, so I was productive before it, but the the biggest thing, so in about 2007 was around the time I was having the anxiety attacks, and I, I was the classic wake up, in bed, check your email, and I realized that was a big problem for me, and not only was I waking up and immediately checking email, but I was waking up at a time that felt late to me. Now, it wasn't late to the average person. I was getting up at 7.30 in the morning, but for me, I felt like I was chasing the world at that time and it gave me anxiety because I like mornings. I like working out in the morning. I like reading in the morning. I like working in the morning. I like uh, doing a million things in the morning. Mm. But if I'm getting up at 7.30, I've already lost you know, a couple hours in the morning and I'm running out of time here. And I, I actually hate afternoons for some reason. I like evenings and I like mornings, but I don't like afternoons. So anyways, when I realized this, I'm like, okay, I need to create a window of focus time. And, and so the very first thing that I did was I said, tomorrow I'm going to get up, tomorrow I'm going to get up, I'm going to get up five minutes longer before I check my email. Mm. And I did that for a few days. I didn't, I didn't join the 5 a.m. club. I think joining the 5 a.m. club is a stupid idea for most people. I didn't join that like the next day and start getting up two and a half hours earlier because that's, that's not sustainable. I did it five minutes at a time. So I did about a week at that and I opened up a window of 10 minutes and then I went five minutes and five minutes on both sides and it was 20 minutes and the next thing you know it's 10 o'clock in the morning and I'm I've been up since 5 30 you know because I moved my wake up time to 5 30 and now I'm not checking email till 10 o'clock in the morning well you can move mountains in your life if you have that if you have that much time in order to work on stuff that really matters. Mm. See, I, when it comes to productivity, I've experimented and done 45 minutes on 15, 15 minutes off just to get that, um, that short recovery. And this also, you know, this happens during my work day from about 8 a.m. till about 7 p.m. I, you know, I try to work 45 minutes on, 15 minutes off, and it's worked wonders for me, not only for focus and retaining focus and attention, but also just to get the blood flowing and get, um, I look at social media, I'll look at, you know, I'll do something, I'll put a post up, and I try and schedule it like that instead of just being, you know, really sporadic sitting there in front of my computer, opening up my phone. So I can see how that can, you know, in turn affect a lot of things like revenue, which I want to go into. I mean, when you look at, you know, I, I focus on athletes and we can talk about that, but I'm interested to know what would an entrepreneur or, you know, a high level executive, what could be the results of them taking on board some of your productivity hacks? Well, I think it just opens up time away from distractions and, and, you know, people joke about me being the world's most productive man, but I like to say that I'm actually the world's laziest person in the world. Like, left of my own devices, I'm watching television and eating chocolate cake for breakfast. But what I've done is I've built systems that stop me from doing that. So I've, you know, one of my systems is public accountability, telling the world that I do X, Y, and Z. 
And if I tell the world that I, I you know, get up at 4 o'clock every morning, I actually get up at 3.57 a.m. every morning, and I tell the world that. If I tell the world that I get up at 3.57 a.m. in the morning, and I never hit snooze, and the first thing I do is go and, is go and write for 90 minutes, internally, I will only get stress and anxiety if I don't do what I've just told. And I've told, uh, I've said this on 300 podcasts, I've written it in my books, which have been you know, bought over 50,000 times. So, you know, I'm, I'm upwards of a million people know that I do this. If I lie to a million people every day, it's gonna, not going to be too long before I'm going to have severe anxiety again. Yeah. So I think public accountability is one of the most important things in the world. It hacks so much because, uh, you know, so James Clear, you must know James Clear, right? Yes. Yeah. So, so James has this whole thing about it's about your identity. It's not about you know, doing something or making a habit, but it's your identity. And I, as my identity is, I'm, my identity is that I do what I tell people, you know, so I follow through on the words that I say. And then and I could tell you anything and it doesn't matter if it's a habit or not. I'm like, oh man, I just, I just told everybody that I'm going to do this thing. Well, I'm the type of person that follows through on their words. So I'm going to go and do it. And it's, I don't even have to build a habit because I've just built this hack. And so that's one thing that anybody can use in any way in their life, whether it's about diet, whether it's about um, productivity hacks, whatever. So, so that's one thing. And then the second thing is, you know, left my own devices. I would watch television and eat chocolate cake every single day. So I don't know how to turn the television on that is in the apartment that I rent. And so I can't watch television. And I don't keep chocolate cake in the house, so I can't eat chocolate cake. And basically, I tell people to build a fence around themselves. If you do not want to do something, if you, if you want to do something and there's something that gets in the way, you need to build a fence around yourself that protects you. And so just eliminate every distraction, temptation from your life that is humanly possible. And the ones that are not humanly possible to eliminate make it as hard as possible possible to participate in those activities. So if you have to keep junk food in the house because your kids and your, your partner uh, insist that there be junk food in the house that makes you feel poorly, but, in, but they have to have junk food in the house because this is such a bullcrap excuse. But anyways, like let's say somebody has to have junk food in the house. Well, you're going to keep it in the hardest cupboard for you to access. So it's going to be up. On the highest level, you're going to need a ladder to get there, and it's going to be at the back of the cupboard. You're really going to have to work to get this stuff. Mm. If that's the case. I mean, most, everything you're saying. Opportunities, you're not going to do it. Yeah, you're What's saying. That? You're saying very factual and very real life things instead of saying, you know, coming up with all of these strategies and productivity hacks that are just so like bring you to the world what you're doing is actually being really real honest and you know hard and saying the hard truth is if you don't have yeah. it in the house you yeah. won't eat it. um yeah. you know easier said than done but no i completely agree i try not to keep any chocolate in the house for that exact same reason um so ever since we you know got in contact and i learned about you i've been looking at your your YouTube clips and you speak a lot about entrepreneurship and how to make money and how to make money work for you. Uh, and you've obviously gone into this with the fitness world. Are you seeing right now a big trend, you know, with what, you know, we've got social media. So now it's, it's easy to start a business. Okay. 
And that, you know, from my perspective, you can go online and literally sell anything if you have the tools and strategies. What do you find now is like a big trend in 2019 with entrepreneurship? Well, I think you have to be doing video of some kind in your business. And it doesn't matter what your business is. If you're doing video and you manufacture celebrity for your business or for yourself, everything's going to become easier. Even if you're the local plumber, if you're the local plumber who does YouTube videos that are funny and engaging and everybody talks about you at, at parties and says, oh my goodness, did you see Tom the plumber and uh, that video he did about the plunger? Oh my gosh, that guy is so hilarious. Who are they going to hire when it's time to get a plumber in their house? Not, you know, Joe the boring plumber. They're going to hire Tom the celebrity plumber. So video, enjoy it. Uh, get over the fact that you're talking into your phone. It's not that big of a deal. And everybody can get good on video because I used to be horrible on video. And I'm okay now. So if I can do it, you can do it. Yeah. It's um, it, it's something that I've um, been obviously getting out there as well, using video and obviously using the podcast. Are you? Do you veer down that avenue? Because I know you speak a lot in front of um, corporate organizations and you do you have a lot of coaching clients do you always get them to you know are you the Gary Vaynerchuk kind of guy who tells everybody to start a podcast start a YouTube channel get on videos get on social um, I generally don't tell people to start podcasts I think a podcast is one of those things where uh, it is it is where people are saying good work uh, but it's actually a bad form of uh, it's, it's positive reinforcement on doing something that is probably going to be a waste of time now for for most people like some people will have a good podcast and get will, will get results from it but most people shouldn't start podcasts but most people should start video and so i tell people to think of their social media as like a bicycle wheel or any type of wheel any type of wheel has a hub in the middle and then it has spokes or rims or whatever and so in the middle, the hub is your most important social media. So for professionals, it might be LinkedIn. For some people, it might be Facebook. For some people, it might be YouTube. And then for people like me, it's Instagram. Mm -hmm. So you pick the one that's most important. And then you make your content specifically for that. And if you can, you leverage it out to the other sites. So you don't do five different videos. You do one video and try and put it on five different platforms. It might not work perfectly, but as long as it works really well for your main hub, then that's the most important thing. So that's the, one of the main overriding messages that I tell people in almost any business in any industry is let's pick the most important way for you to communicate with the world, the one that's going to be most comfortable for you, the one where you're going to have the biggest audience. And for some people, it will be podcasting, but not not the majority, that's for sure. For most people, it's going to be YouTube or Instagram these days. Or if you're on the professional side, it's going to be LinkedIn. LinkedIn is very underutilized in terms of, of using a platform properly. Most people are just cold messaging like idiots, and they're never going to get any business, and they're going to, want, they're going to say LinkedIn doesn't work. And, well, LinkedIn doesn't work when you just start hammering people with like, hey, I don't know you, but we just got connected. You should uh, hire me. That doesn't work. But uh, you probably get like 50 messages every day from doorknobs who don't know how to use LinkedIn. 
100%, especially when they come from a different country and <laughs> English. Um, I want to touch on the podcast comment that you made when you said that not everyone should start a podcast because right now I have a lot of people in my network who are asking me, Louisa, how do I start a podcast? And, you know, I've been doing this now since uh, 2015 and it's like, oh, wow. I know, and a lot of people are coming to me all of a sudden. So I, I can only guess that a lot of people want to start podcasts. It's getting bigger. And obviously we know that there's just so many, it's an influx right now of people creating them. But I, I really find what you say interesting because I hear, um, I hear so many people saying, just get on a podcast, start a podcast. It doesn't matter if you've got 20 listeners or 100 listeners and you're on the opposite end of the spectrum. And I want to know, you know can we go deeper into that comment? Sure. So for most people, starting a podcast is the same as, as one hand clapping. It's not going to have any significant effect. Um, you know, podcasting is like starting an email newsletter. It can be a valuable part of your business, but if you think about, and you know how much time it takes oh, yeah. to go into starting a podcast and, and keeping one going regularly, like, oh, you know, if you commit to a podcast every week, it sounds easy, oh, one podcast every week. Well, you're going to have times when you're traveling and this, that, and the other thing. And if you want to have a guest on all the time, you got to coordinate schedules and all this stuff. And it, so first of all, it's a lot harder than you think. So if you say, oh, well, it's only a half an hour podcast or it's only an hour podcast, well, multiply that by three to four minimum. If you want to do a great job, you want to research the guests. So now think about what you could do with three hours in your business to actually generate clients. Could you just simply reach out to the clients that you have and ask for referrals? Could you uh, you know, in, in three hours, how many YouTube videos could you create? And if you have a substantial YouTube following, then you could probably get your YouTube videos in front of, you know, three or 4,000 people. Plus it's there to be searched on Google and YouTube for a long, you know, forever, for as long as the video is up there. So it, it's, it's generating new leads all the time. Uh, as opposed to a podcast where there's a sea of podcasts and how do you stand out and, you know, most people, you know, a few years ago when, I mean, I actually, I started my first podcast in 2009 uh, in the fitness world and I stopped after a while because it took me too much uh, time. But, you know, if you started out in 2015 and you got somebody on, they probably weren't interviewed on 30 podcasts a year. So when you put your episode out, they were happy to share it. I've been interviewed 300 times on 300 different podcasts. I can't promote everybody's podcast. Yeah. And so the whole get somebody on your podcast and they'll tell their people about it approach. Well, that unfortunately um, has, has uh, had its day and no longer really works. So, you know, um, and the other thing is like, I have a video podcast now. So I think our empire podcast is maybe in the top 50 in business on iTunes and it's because we have a large email following so we can tell our people about it. But we also do high-end video production so that we can put the videos on YouTube. And we have videos, uh, some of our podcasts have been watched 100,000 times on YouTube. So, you know, now you're competing not only with a million and other people that have podcasts, but people that can do really high-end video podcasts. And just, you know, again, just be educated 
and weigh the pros and cons. Look at what you can do with your other with your resources instead of a podcast. And then also think, well, if I do a podcast, do I actually have a call to action at the end that gets people to do something? Yeah. I, I actually one last thing I'll say on this. Uh, this is embarrassing on our part. Is so this guy Bedros and I, my business partner, we have the Empire Podcast, which is you know got lots and lots of fans, and we had. I just checked last week. We had 39 ratings on iTunes. Like that's an embarrassing number. And the reason why we don't have any ratings, like you know, we only had 39. I think we've we've got like maybe 50 plus now. We didn't ask people to rate us. Mm. And so if you go and you do this podcast and you have a great interview with somebody, and at the end you just say thanks for listening, we'll be back next week. Great, you do 50 of these shows. People don't know what. They, they're like, okay, this guy, he just interviewed or this woman. They just interview people. Oh, what's their business? I have no idea. They just interview people, and then, and then the show's over. That's the way most people would go about. First of all, that's the way most people do their videos, and that's why I have to teach people like, to have a strong call to action. But most people will finish their podcast and not tell people to go and give ratings because, you know, we're, you know, Vedras and I were dumb enough to do that. Not tell people to go to their website, not tell not to have a free gift or a free giveaway, not have a book to promote. So if you don't have something really, really great to promote, then don't start a podcast either. Mm. I love that. I think, you know, and, and for everybody listening, I think the underlying theme that Craig is getting at with absolutely everything is self-awareness. You're not saying anything that's rocket science right now. You're saying you're being really, you know, you're giving the hard truth. And I think that's, um, something that not, not a lot of people give. So thank you so much. Uh, I do have one more question um, as we wrap up the as we wrap up the episode, and that is, what is the one piece of advice that you can give somebody so they can change their life or better their life? I'll give two because I just got a lot to say. So the first one is get up 15 minutes earlier than you are right now. That's it, 15 minutes earlier. So again, I don't believe that anybody should you know nobody has to join the 5 a.m club uh, it's not something that like oh if i get up five o'clock in the morning i'm gonna be successful that's not guaranteed but right now in most people's lives most people listening they're like i'm not getting everything done um, i'm not moving ahead on those things whether it's you know my I have a dream of writing a book and i'm never finding time for it well the thing is you don't find time for anything in your life you only make time and i'm i'm asking you to get up 15 minutes early so if you're getting up at 7 o'clock now, get up at 6.45 a.m. At 6.45 a.m., you get up, you kind of sneak out of bed, you go downstairs to your kitchen table, and you spend 15 minutes working on your number one priority in life. And that might be writing a book, or that might be getting out of $5,000 worth of credit card debt. You know, whatever it is that's really something you have to do that you're just pushing off and pushing off. And if you get up 15 minutes early now i'm not saying the day after that get up 15 minutes earlier and earlier but no just get up at 6 45 you get up 15 minutes early and you go down to your kitchen table and you work on your number one priority six days a week before anybody else gets up that's 72 hours in a year of clear thinking on your number one priority and if it, that is getting out of debt you're going to get out of debt faster than if you tried to find time later on in the day to do your budgeting if you want to write a book, you can write 500 words in 15 minutes and in 10 weeks, going six days a week, you can have 30,000 words. So that's, the, that's like the number one thing. And it sounds like, oh, what can you get done in 15 minutes? 
Well, when I was a broke, struggling personal trainer in 2003, training people from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., I realized if I tried to work on my online business when I got home at night, it was like it was like sticking shards of glass in my eye to like open my eyes in front of a computer. It was so painful. So I'm like, I hate this. I'm 25 years old and I'm getting up at 4.30 in the morning on purpose. But I did and I worked 20 minutes in my online business and in 18 months I was free. I, w I didn't have to be a personal trainer anymore. So it adds up, it compounds. That's the first thing. And the second thing is just to get a mentor, get a coach, get someone who's been there and done that, achieved what you want to achieve, shares your morals and ethics, and that you have good rapport with, and they will shave years off your learning curve on the path to success. When you say mentor, you don't mean actual go and hire a business coach. You mean actually approach somebody and ask them to, you know, if, if they're open to being, um, to be a mentor. There, there, there's a whole bunch of ways of mentoring. And, and so you bring up a great point. Do you have to pay somebody to be a mentor? No, you don't. In some cases you will have to pay to, to be a, to get a mentor because that's the only way that you can establish a relationship with somebody. You may, you may just be like, I have no money. I have no access to somebody. How the heck am I going to get a mentor? You're going to start with somebody's books and all their YouTube videos and get what I call virtual mentoring for free until you can afford to go to one of their events, until you can afford to get phone coaching from them. Mm. That's what you do. But you just need somebody to guide you instead of sitting there and thinking, ah, I just figured this out on my own. You're not going to figure it out on your own. 100%. Craig, thank you so much. Where can we find out more about you and your book? Yeah, so I got two books. The first one, if you want to control your days and own your time, go to freeperfectdaybook.com. That's the perfect day formula. And then the second book, the one that overcomes entrepreneurial anxiety, you can uh, get a free copy of that at beunstoppablebook.com, beunstoppablebook.com. Just pay a little shipping and handling and we'll get that out to you. Uh, those are my life's work in book format. I love it. Thank you so much, Craig.